You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. The scripture reading today is taken from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 through 31 and 37 through 39. But I say to you, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. He told them a parable, can a blind man guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I wonder what you think of when you hear the word lavish. Now, if you Google the word, the first definition that comes up is sumptuously rich, extravagant, and luxurious. And then right after that is a website for lavish Alice, going out dresses, and party attire. It seems like a word that we wouldn't necessarily associate with Jesus and discipleship, right? Well, the third chapter of the book Reckless Love, which we've been reading throughout Lent by Tom Berlin, is called Lavish Love. And Berlin writes, Jesus' call to constant love could be understood as a call to lavish love. Just as the fullness of God's love has been freely, generously, and unconditionally poured out upon us, so are we called to lavish love and offer it freely, generously, and without condition. Now, it's a tall order, one that could totally change the way we live our lives. But how do we do it? Well, our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Luke. It is the Sermon on the Plain. I know you're thinking, the Sermon on the Plain, what's that? I've heard of the Sermon on the Mount, but what's the Sermon on the Plain? Well, the Sermon on the Mount comes from the Gospel of Matthew, and the Sermon on the Plain comes from the Gospel of Luke. You see, Matthew and Luke and Mark are all considered synoptic 
Gospels. And each one of them has some items in common, some stories in common, and especially Matthew and Luke, because while they have Mark as a source, they also have another source in common. And so they have some overlap, but they also have their own perspectives and experiences. And so that's how we end up with the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. They're basically the same. Things are worded a little bit differently, but what they are and what here um, we understand with the Sermon on the Plain is they're Jesus's instructions for living. You see, the scripture that leads up to our um, piece of, or up to the Sermon on the Plain in the Gospel of Luke is all about how the disciples are called. So they're called to ministry, Jesus inviting them to come and follow him. So after that, then we're given the Sermon on the Plain. And now, in the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus is telling them what it means to actually follow him. You've said yes, now here's what that looks like. Berlin says, the Sermon on the Plain is an orientation lecture from the rabbi to his disciples on the nature of God's love that they are expected to exhibit. He's saying, if you're doing this job well, this is what it looks like. You're not judging, you're not condemning, you're not, you are forgiving, you're turning the other cheek, you're treating others the way you want to be treated, and you're loving your enemies and blessing those who curse you. Now, that's not an easy list. Basically, if you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to be the most loving person possible. We, too, call ourselves disciples, and we're called to offer that same kind of love, a lavish love. First uh, Peter 4.8 says, Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. And one another is a phrase that we often use and we hear and we say, and I think sometimes we don't understand the full breadth of the phrase. Love one another doesn't seem that hard when we look around at each other. Well, yeah, sure, we can love one another. It can feel like just that, just each other right here around me. But love one another means love everyone, not just those with whom we choose to associate. Basically, the scripture says that we are to value others so very much that we maintain constant love for everyone we encounter. I want you to think about that. Can you imagine what it would look like to maintain constant love all the time? Imagine starting your day with the intention of constant love for all people, in all your relationships, in all your encounters, how would it shape your daily interactions? Uh, a few years ago, our family went to Florida. We stayed in Orlando, and one night we decided to go over to Disney's Polynesian Resort, and they had a luau, and so we went for the luau dinner. And as we walked in to the, to the resort, into the area, like the lobby, um, this woman was there, and she was handing out lays. And she came up to each one of us, and she gave us the lay. But the thing was, when she gave us the lay, she put the lay over my head, and she looked me in the eye, and she said, I am so glad you are here. 
just like that. And I felt, I really believed that she was so glad that I was here. It wasn't just her job, she really meant it. And it made me want to be that nice to other people and say, wow, I'm so glad we're doing this together and isn't this wonderful and I'm so glad you're here. It's what we want people to feel like when they walk into the doors of our church. The thing is, we can be like that woman. We can be those people who make others feel loved just by the way that we treat them. What would it look like if we could extend that to others through a smile, to everyone we pass or stand behind in the grocery line or the airplane, airport security line? And what if we took it even beyond just smiling and allowed love to affect every interaction that we have, every choice that we make, how we spend our money, how we use our time, how we engage with the world around us so that we are in fact loving lavishly. Um, In the book club that I lead, the very first book that we read was called The Book of Joy. And it was a story of, Bez, of Bishop Desmond Tutu and the Dalai Lama and a week that they spent together talking about joy. It was a wonderful book and I highly recommend it to you, but it really sparked some interesting conversation. And um, we were talking about how do you extend joy and how do you um, be loving to the people who are driving so slowly on the road or who are cutting you off and you're so frustrated and so annoyed. And uh, Vicki Watson, who's a part of the groups, uh, shared a story about how when she got married, Um, Her in-laws came in and were able to take uh, extra time to help out, and they asked if there was anything that they could do for her, and she said, well, yes, you could pick up our wedding cake in Detroit and drive it out to Addison Oaks. And so they did, and they drove very, very slowly, and lots of people honked, and lots of people were frustrated and annoyed with them. But she said, ever since then, when she gets behind a car that's going very slowly, she thinks, maybe there's a wedding cake in the trunk. (laughs) Or she recalls driving home with her newborn baby. Maybe they're driving home from the hospital for the first time. Or she talked about uh, someone in her her life who um, had a stroke and was then driving for the first time after the stroke and how he drove slowly and... Uh, and so she said, so I've just, I started making this list so that whenever I'm caught in that kind of a time, I just think, well, maybe this is happening. And I try to empathize instead of get frustrated and then extend grace. When we are loving lavishly, generously, we are generous with our patience with our kindness, we're willing to slow down. We're being generous with our time and we recognize that we're part of a larger circle. And so we want to extend love lavishly. Uh, A book that I've been talking about in this series uh, as well is called Everybody Always by Bob Goff. And I've told you before, he has some kind of outlandish stories um, that you just think, did this really happen? But they did. 
Well, this is one of those stories. So Bob Goff um, had a yellow pickup truck, and it was like new when he bought it, but he didn't take good care of it. And so when the truck hit 100,000 miles, it was in bad shape and hadn't even ever had the oil changed. I know. (laughs) The gas cap was broken, the doors wouldn't lock, the windshield wipers didn't work. Bob was a new lawyer for a big law firm in San Diego and cash was tight for him and downtown parking was too. And his firm couldn't fit all of the cars under the building Um, And so they had to park in the fancy lot across the street. Now, each employee was given $200 a month to park there, but money was tight for Bob, so he decided to keep the cash and find a place on the street to park. And so he found a spot by the railroad tracks that was about a 20-minute walk from his job. On one winter's day, he uh, left work early and went to his truck and found that there was a man who was homeless sitting in the driver's seat. Now, the doors were unlocked, right? They didn't work. And uh, so he must have gotten in. His shopping uh, cart was just pressed up there against the passenger door. And he sat there with his hands on the steering wheel. Bob walked up and he sheepishly tapped on the window. And he felt like he was interrupting the guy. And the guy waved and stared ahead, hands on the wheel. He tapped again, and the guy waved and rolled down the window and said to Bob, can I take you anywhere? (laughs) And Bob said, not today. And he opened the door and let him out, and the guy got out, patted Bob twice on the shoulder, and walked away whistling. And Bob just stood there. Well, the next day, Bob parked in the same place, And the same thing happened. He left work, he came to the truck, he tapped on the window, the man said, can I take you anywhere? And then left. And it happened like this for months. They didn't talk too much. Bob writes, uh, they didn't talk too much, they didn't really hear each other's stories. Bob writes, what this man really needed was a secure place to spend his days, somewhere warm and dry, And what I really needed was to feel like I was being helpful. We were both doing something about it. We never got each other's names or stories, but we liked seeing each other at the end of the day, and we found a rhythm. One day, when Bob went to his truck, his friend wasn't there, and he opened the door and he saw why. The truck was trashed, and so his friend must have felt ashamed. And that was the end. Jesus says in his sermon, do not judge, do not condemn, treat people like you want to be treated. If you were in this man's position, how would you want to be treated? If you were in Bob's position, can you imagine extending that kind of grace, that kind of love, When we're living generously, we extend grace, we extend worth. People feel valued as the children of God that they are. Now, Bob's story is not very likely to happen to any of us. It's pretty extreme. Our experience will be more like the one that Wayne Wills shared with me about Shelley Thornton. Wayne wrote, 
Several years ago, as our paths crossed in our church building, I noticed that Shelley was talking with a person in the main hallway. I didn't know the person, nor did Shelley, but it was obvious that the person seemed distressed. As I watched, Shelley quickly pulled out a $20 bill from her purse and gave it to this person. The person was very thankful and left the building. I asked Shelley about their conversation, and Shelley said that there was a need for food. And I asked Shelley why she hadn't directed this person to one of the pastors or others in order to verify or vet the validity of the need. Shelley simply said, I felt that the urgency was valid and that was all I needed to know. And besides, it's between God and the man anyway. Do not judge lest you be judged. When we love lavishly, we begin with the understanding that each person is a child of God. And we love them the way that God does, without condition or judgment, from a place of forgiveness and generosity. You remember when you were a kid, or I remember when I was a kid, um, there was that song, The Magic Penny. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Love is like the magic penny. Love is something if you give it away, you end up having more. I'm not going to sing it because I'm not in that space today. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not sure I have the tune all correct. But anyway, the idea is that love is, grows when you give it away. There's no shortage of love. If you're willing to give it away, you'll always have it. But we can certainly squander it or squelch it or not practice it, or we can love lavishly and find out just how rich we are as we practice generosity in all things and find that it fills our souls and draws us closer to God, not to mention having the power to change the world. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.